Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to a claw on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only John Gambador. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Not much, my friend. How's working from home today? It's uh, it's very empty here without you. I got an empty uh, seat here. You yeah. all right? Yes, yes. Working from home today. Good. Um, uh, we've, we were debating, do we put a fat head here? Mm, because, you know, we're, mm. we're broadcasting now. And yes. well, I mean, we've, we've been broadcasting the whole time. That's a dumb thing to say. We're YouTubing now. You can, we, we've, we've been broadcasting for 20-some-odd years. So that we've been doing. But watching our show on ArizonaSports.com, or if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can watch the Burns and Gambo show. And, and I'm not there. And you're not there. So I think, we've, I think we've put up a, let me see what's up there right now. Now, can I can I check real it's quick? Magic. It's magic. What what is in place of Gambo right now? Nothing. Right now, there's nothing there. <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing there. I've heard it's gonna be like a photo of you, like your Twitter. Right? Is it is a Twitter mm. avatar photo? I've Lauren? seen it. It's a headshot of Gambo that he chose with him inside of a little home. Really. Oh, wow. Inside of a little home. Because you're home. Because you're broadcasting. Oh, home. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cute. Yeah, yeah that's cute. Yeah. See, we think of everything around here. Yeah. I, there's, a, there's, a, you know, uh, there's a few times you know, a month where I have to work from home. So today is just one of those days. It's all good. I just, but technology is, technology is so good. It does. People don't. I mean, unless you're watching, you wouldn't even know. What, that you were home? Oh, yes. no, not at all. No. I mean, other than the awkward, you know, I can't see you, so I might step on you or you might step on me. But I think oh, we're, we're professionals. Well, yeah, we've worked past we're that. We're professionals. Completely. Absolutely. We're gonna, and we're going to test that theory later because we're taking calls with Gambo at home. So we're really going to find out. <laughs> Lauren's like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a big deal. We'll see how that goes in a little bit. In the meantime, let's weigh in on what our top story of the day is here on the Burns and Gambo Show, shall we? Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. More shooting, more defense, more passing, more rebounding. Um, when we look at our team, we like where we are, but we always feel like we can get better. And it's, it's tough this time of year because you always have to make these decisions. These are people decisions where you're uh, bringing on players that can help you, but you're also losing players that help you get to where you are. Uh, so even though it's a, a part of the business, you know, we, we take it personally uh, because you, you're talking about building team chemistry and, uh, and in order to do that, you have to have good people. And so we lost some good people. We got some good people back. And hopefully uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, the next month or so, affords us the opportunity to continue to build on our, our chemistry. Suns General Manager James Jones talking late last week after the acquisition of Royce O'Neal and David Roddy asked what he wants from the buyout market. You heard what he had to say at the beginning of that. How many of those particular boxes Thaddeus Young checks off is up to you. But according to a report from Adrian Wojnarowski, free agent forward Thaddeus Young is finalizing a deal to join the Phoenix Suns as a buyout player. It's not been officially announced by the organization. No, not, we have, not officially done yet. Okay, so what do you know about this? Not officially done yet? Yeah, I was told a little while ago it's pro- it probably will happen very soon. They, they like him as a 
you know, small ball five, you know, that can pass. Now you remember, I mean, I was, I actually, when this, when this, this came out, I was just looking at my timeline. My God, I have tied Daddyus Young to the, the son's oh. interest in him going back to, you know, 2014, I think. Oh, yeah. The first time I had it. And in 2021, and his, his name has come up as, you know, the son's having some interest or, you know, a little bit of interest in Daddyus Young for so many years. Um, even October 5th, 2021, as for Thaddeus Young, the Suns still have interest in a trade for the veteran power forward, <laughs> and he makes sense, but the belief is he stays put in San Antonio for the time being. Um, yeah, just, I just go back and back and forth with all of these. Go 2019, you know, there's just his name has been like kind of like Eric Gordon, yes. like one of those names that's always kind of been tied to the Suns. That's something I thought about this morning. Um, I even tweeted something along those lines of, man, Eric Gordon and Thaddeus Young on the Suns at the same time. What the hell's going on here, right? Like it's 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 this is what sort of time warp have we entered when it comes to the Suns? Because these are two names that we have talked forever about joining the Phoenix Suns for for them to both be here yeah. at the same time. Well, it's some bizarro world, right? So how does he fit? Let's talk about let's talk about how he fits and how much he's going to get used by the Phoenix Suns, assuming this gets done. My, my my gut feeling is it's it's something that you were hitting on earlier that it's it's an insurance policy. He has not played a lot these last few years. I mean, he really hasn't been, you know, a regular player in since 2020-21. He's different than some of the guys they have. He can't make shots. He actually can move okay, but he can't make a lot of shots. But he just hasn't played very much. I think the burden's on the coach now to kind of see if he can fit in and how he can play. You know me. There's always a debate with me over whether these buyout market guys can help or not. I mean, a lot of every year people look at the buyout market and they think it's this pot of gold and it's usually not and we can go back to Terrence Ross last year Um, he's a guy that doesn't need to contribute a lot so you know you know if you think about all the players that end up you know in the buyout market going somewhere it's very very few have ever made a big impact on somebody and we even we know with Phoenix in the last few years you just don't usually see a guy like that make a big impact can he make us but can he make a small impact I think that's the question can he contribute a little bit to help this basketball team that burden to me will be on 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 Frank to see if he's able to get something out of him yeah it's it's I think with anything outside of a name here or a name there say like a Spencer Dinwiddie and and I think there's even a couple of other names that maybe if they do hit the buyout market maybe we can get a little more excited about we're allowed to be a little more excited about I think with 90 to 95 percent of the buyout market guys you have to go into it with a very very low set of expectations and and as long as you as long as you have that as long as you've you've baked that in then you don't get too disappointed when it doesn't yield a ton of results is Thaddeus Young good enough to help the Phoenix Suns win a regular season game here or there between now and the playoffs. Yes, I, I think he's good enough where if he gives him 10 to 15 minutes a night and he still plays decent defense and he's a good connector on offense, he can move the ball, he's got very good basketball IQ, he's a very good guy on the bench. I mean, I think not that the Suns have a problem there, but I think he will he will fit in very, very well with their culture and their attitude and things like that. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Thaddeus Young has a moment or two or three during the regular season where we're in here talking about a Suns game and we go, hey, you know who was good last night? Thaddeus Young. Yeah, he gave him like 12 minutes and even though he didn't do a, a ton, he did X, Y, and Z and that helped them win. I think come the playoffs, 
I'd be really surprised if Thaddeus Young gets a minute come postseason time. Yeah, I'd be he, really surprised. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, is he better than Bol Bol? Is he better than um, Drew Eubanks? I mean, look, I, a lot of times these coaches, and they make the mistake. Look, you look at Golden State, right? They always used to go that route. They always used to go the old player, old player route, go get the veteran guys. How are they winning now? They're winning with all the young guys. They're winning with Kaminga. They're winning with Peyton. They're winning, winning with Podzinski. And then there's another kid, Jackson. They're winning with the, they finally decided to go with the young players, and they're giving them a huge lift. And you go back to last year in the buyout market, and you know Pat Bev and Danny Green and Reggie Jackson and Dwayne Dedman. Remember how much we talked about Goran Dragic course, last year? Of course, yeah. You know, I but, mean Serge Ibaka. I mean these, these guys don't usually usually. These guys don't help you very much. But I'm going to reiterate something something we talked about last week that I think is important for everybody here to manage expectations when it comes to a player like Thaddeus Young or, or just about anybody they get in the buyout market. Last year was a different set of circumstances for the Suns. They needed a hit on the buyout market. They needed depth. They needed bodies with how depleted they were after the Kevin Durant trade. Last year, I think, was, was just... Apples and oranges compared to this year. This year, it's much more of a luxury. It's much more of a, hey, you know what? We got a couple roster spots. What the hell? Why not? Let's go get Thaddeus Young. You know, let's let's add him for an insurance policy. Whereas last year, you needed Terrence Ross. You you needed to look at some of those guys because you were so thin after the KD trade. I don't know. I just feel like this year, the Suns, with their depth, they're in a much better position to be able to take a flyer on a guy like Thaddeus Young and not need it to be great. They don't need it to be great. And as long as you've got that going for you, then I think it's okay, fine, do it. I, look, yeah. they've, they've got one more spot. They're probably going to do it again. They're probably going to add some other guy at some point, right? Because they've got another roster spot that needs to be filled. So why not? Why not fill it with a guy who maybe can help you win a game here or there? I don't see anything yeah. wrong with it. I'm just even looking at you know, Terrence Ross with the Suns. Mitch, you remember who your your Nuggets signed last year in the buyout market? Ter- uh, Mitch stepped out of the studio. So oh, see, this oh. is how our our audience knows you're not here in studio and you're broadcasting from home. <laughs> Lauren, do you know who the Nuggets got in the... No, Lauren doesn't know. What is the, why does the producer leave the show seven minutes into the show? He had to step out for something. He'll be right back in. Don't worry Reggie about it. Jackson. Reggie oh, Jackson. Okay, bought yeah. out by Charlotte. Signed with the Denver Nuggets. Danny Green. Bought out by the Rockets. Signed with the Cavaliers. Dwayne Dedman. Waved by San Antonio. Signed the 76ers. Justin Holiday. Signed with the Mavericks. James yeah. Johnson. Pace. Like, I, you go through these lists and you can go do this every year and 90 percent of the guys yes, yes maybe more just don't really pan out you know you see the name like oh daddy is young he used to well, he hasn't been he hasn't been he hasn't done much in this league in three or four years yeah but to your point on the insurance policy it does give you a small ball five that might be able to give you 15 20 minutes a game if you have an injury just real quick give me 20 seconds on the other name that is being rumored to be attached to the phoenix suns that's danilo gallinari have you heard anything about that because there's been some talk he might be the other buyout guy that go you know, get i'm it. checking on it um he can't move but he can make shots so he's one of those guys can't move so he can't give you any defense at all complete liability defensively but he's always been able to make shots he'll probably be able to make shots when he's 75 years old um so that's a, you know that's a guy I'm checking on that to see if there's any okay. interest. I haven't heard back yet, but I'll, I'll find out for you before the end of All the right, show. All right, good deal. Appreciate that. Uh, when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, the Sacramento Kings in town. We remember the last time the Sacramento Kings were in town, don't we? Yeah, of course we do. But tonight's game has an extra level of importance attached to it, and we will explain why next on the Burns and Gambo show. 
everybody. Dan Bickley here. How do the Suns do in another game against the talented Kings? We are all over it starting at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Waits for Booker to come back and get it. He gives to ask Durant. Right corner, it's Gordon. Wide open three. He got it, and we're tied at 115. The Suns have come all the way back from down 22. 40 seconds left to play. Barnes will inbound, far sideline. He gets it from James Williams, slaps the ball, looking, still looking, gets it to Malik Monk. He's going to shoot a three at the buzzer. He missed it, and the Suns win! Suns win it! 119-117, the final score. Their biggest comeback win of the season, down 22. They rally, fight all the way back, and get their first win of the year against the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> wow. Just wow. I was at that game. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we, we, you know, I think everybody who listens to the show know that, you know, we kind of like work. We send emails to each other. I'm going to read you just one paragraph of what I wrote after that game. Okay. This okay. should be good. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. The comeback win, a colossal fourth quarter collapse by Sacramento. What can it mean? This was a game they should have lost. They were supposed to lose and they won. Does this give them the confidence going into New Orleans? Does this game prove anything to anyone? Phoenix was four and 11 when trailing after the first quarter. Despite their offensive firepower, the Suns have rallied from double-digit deficits only twice against Golden State and the Wizards. This has not been a team that's scratched and clawed through adversity. The comeback was historic. Phoenix is just the second team in the past 25 years to overcome a deficit of at least 20 points in the final eight minutes of the fourth quarter, ironically joining the 2019-20 Sacramento Kings. Oh, I one more. Gonna, okay, well, I thought you were going to react. I thought, no, I thought no, you I gotta, were going to add on more to line. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. According to the Associated Press, teams facing deficits of 22 points or more in the fourth quarter were zero for 1,244. I do remember that one. I remember that stat, yeah. Zero for what? Give it to me again. 1,244. <laughs> well... We talked about it being a launching pad moment for the Suns. I remember that conversation very, very clearly, and it has been a launching pad for the Suns. It, it was it was the moment where now you could argue things started to change before that, but counting that win on Tuesday, January sixteenth against the Sacramento Kings, the Phoenix Suns are ten and four since their losses have come on the road against Indiana when they collapsed in the fourth quarter, on the road against Orlando when they collapsed again in the fourth quarter, on the road against Atlanta when they collapse well they didn't that one was a not as much of a fourth quarter collapse they didn't play great and then of course golden state just a couple of nights ago everything else they've won it it that game gambo was everything we needed it to be. It was the confidence boost. It was the injection. It was the oomph that this team needed to kind of make them believe that they were better than they had played up until that point. And since then, it's the season's gone, by and large, the way we would want it to, with the exception of a couple of fourth quarters here yeah. or there. The question now, because, like, how long is the Sacramento Kings' memory? How does that game play into tonight at all? The Kings had a 22-point lead. They blew it. They look completely discombobulated in the final six minutes of that game. Does that game have any impact in tonight's game, or is it meaningless? Does it not have any carryover at all? And I don't know if I know the answer to that question. Yeah, I, I would just say, if you remember that game, and I think most people will, they went with that small ball lineup with KD at the five, and then, and that really took Sabonis out of the game um, because Sabonis only attempted three shots and made one against that lineup, and that lineup was KD, Beal, Booker, Gordon, and Akogi. 
that was their lineup, and they put a lot of pressure on Sacramento with that lineup. Um, and so that I think what they're learning is that they're you know during certain matchups, you know this lineup is better against this line, this matchup, and another lineup might be better against another. So it depends on the team you play. And I think they found out in that Sacramento game, hey, you know Nurkic was a liability. His slow feet was were, were killing the Phoenix Suns in those games. So he didn't provide much of anything. It was Grayson Allen that you know and who had a great first half. I mean he had twenty points in the first half in that game. He, not that they were in it, but like if it wasn't for him, they might have been down by forty. Um, so I think they learned a lot about how they could play a team like that in in that game. Now, Sacramento, as me and you kind of alluded to yesterday, they're they're a little hit and miss, right? I mean, you know, they had that big win over the Nuggets the other day, but they had lost to Detroit and then they lost to Oklahoma City. So, you know, night in and night out, they're just not a very you know, they're a good team, but they're not a great team and it's certainly not a consistent team. They have lost three of their last four, and I, I not that I'm watching Sacramento Kings basketball every single night. But uh, having gone back and looked at some of those games and some of those moments, I can tell you it, it won't surprise anybody at all for anybody who has watched the Sacramento Kings at all this season. Defensively, with and when they're atrocious, they are vulnerable. Those three of their last four games that they've lost, they gave up 136 to Cleveland. Detroit, 127 to Oklahoma City. In those games, the Cavs shot 58%, the Pistons shot 56%, the Thunder shot 54%. There's your Achilles heel. There's they are they are dynamic offensively. They are great. De'Aaron Fox is great. Sabonis is great. Malik Monk is awesome. Herder is great. They're good, but defensively they can be. I'll just use the word again. Absolutely atrocious. And if the Suns can make them pay for how bad they are defensively, I think that turns this game into one the Suns can win. And it's and it's a very important one for the Suns, too. Not only are there just two games before the All-Star break, but it's very important because if you lose tonight to the Kings, you will lose the head-to-head tiebreaker with them point. if it comes down to a tie between you and Sacramento, and it very well could right now if you look in the standings. The Phoenix Suns are the sixth seed. The Kings are the seventh seed. They are tied in the loss column. You need every one you can get head-to-head against the Sacramento Kings, and if you lose tonight, you will lose the season series to them, and yeah. you will not be able to reclaim that tiebreaker at all. It's a good point. The Suns, you know, they, they play them five times this year, and the Suns have three of the games at home. But they lost a home game to Sacramento in early December. That was the first meeting between the two teams, and they lost that one. They played two games since, and they each have won on the other team's home court. So Sacramento's a 2-1 lead. If they win this next game, if they win tonight, then you cannot, you know, beat them in a tiebreaker scenario. So that's a good point, and that's something we, you know, we, we talked about the other day. Like, we're going to have to start looking at these because everything is bunched up so tight that these tiebreakers may come into play. So we'll see. I mean, after the after what the Suns did to them, uh, the last time they played them here in Phoenix, I can't wait to see what happens. You know, Sabonis is a great player, and Fox is a great player. Like you mentioned, their offense is terrific. It was interesting that they didn't do anything at the deadline because that's one of the teams me and you were looking at. Like, hey, if they they yep. go get a player, yep. I can really put them over the top. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Arizona Sports and Copper Blues Desert Ridge giving you the perfect Valentine's Day combo. They call it Wings and Roses. Order wings. 
wings tonight from 6 o'clock to 7.30 and get a dozen roses courtesy of Cactus Flower while supplies last. Limit one per customer. Dine in only. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details. Teams that are looking for a quarterback in this year's draft, are they going to target the Arizona Cardinals as the spot they want to get to? Burns and Dambo need to know social polls. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Right, we got a caller segment coming up at 245 Ooh. on Hassan Reddick. So we're getting to our social poll question of the day a tad on the early side today, which is fine. It's movable. Mitch is like here the old times, right? Uh, it used to be at 230. It did. As a matter of fact, yes, it did. So, Mitch, you've got it. Take it away. What are we asking the folks today on the poll question? So as we know, the Suns had two roster slots available. Uh-huh. They just filled one of them with Thaddeus Young. So they have one left. Or they can just continue as is. And that's the question today. Following the addition of Young by the Suns, are you pleased with the state of their roster? Two options. Yes, they have what they need. No, might as well fill that last roster spot. Excuse me. Might as well fill it. Fill it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I'm, mean, I, I, I think I, I don't think that anything I don't think that anybody they get is going to be able to help them. So I think like to me, I think they're set, but like they, they will probably fill the roster spot. OK, so so I, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Like I'm I, I, I both. I mean, I know that's not an option, but both. I mean, yes, I like what they've got. I, I, I tend to think that unless. Delon Wright is the only one. Like if 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 they decide to buy him out in Washington, boy, there might be he could possibly help. Um, but you got an empty roster spot. Fill it. Why not? You know, put me down for that. Fill that last spot. This is one of those old 60-30s. It's 62% in favor of you might as well fill that last roster spot. So, no, they are not content with the state of the roster. 38% saying yes, they have exactly what they need. All right. You can find that on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that. Thank you, Mitch. We appreciate that as we welcome you back to this Tuesday edition here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Again, open phones coming up in a little bit. Uh, today's topic is going to be Hassan Reddick and his comments that, oh, by the way, he's walking back a little bit now about asking for a trade. We'll update that as we go into that segment. But in the meantime, let's talk a little NFL and let's talk about the Cardinals Gambo because um, we've got a mock draft that we're going to talk about a little bit later. It's a fun one. It's got trades all over the board. A lot of them impact the Cardinals. It's really, really cool. We'll, we'll, We'll talk about that in a little. But before we do... I want to read this tweet from Daniel Jeremiah from, I believe it was over the weekend. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, insider with NFL Network, NFL.com, tweeted out, I believe we will see four to five teams look into moving up for a quarterback over the next few months because, he says, the teams aren't excited about next year's quarterback class. Wow. Almost as if a, if you want one, you better get one this year because next year's class looks a little thin. Okay. I don't know how you don't think about the Cardinals when you read something like that, right? How How can you not think about the Cardinals at four? Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder if they say, if they look at, and you know how this works, right? If they look at Penix and Knicks and they say those guys would be better than anybody coming out next year, then teams will be interested in, you know, trying to, like, you know, get one of those guys, even if they have to move up. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it might be, uh, and that's and that's why. Do you root for a quarterback to fall to four now? Do you? Do you? Oh yeah. You oh know, yeah. Well, I mean, like, and I asked that question. You know, you can sense like the tone of my voice because I think there are a lot of Cardinal fans who wanted. I was listening to Wolf and Luke when I was driving in. Who wanted to go quarterback one, two, three? Just bang, 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 quarterbacks. And now the Cardinals can sit there and take Marvin Harrison Jr. I wonder if we're going to get to the point where what Cardinal fans want swing. If it hasn't already, to I hope it doesn't go quarterback one, two, three. So the Cardinals are sitting there at number four. A quarterback is available, and the Cardinals can hang a for sale sign on it and, and just sit back and watch the bidders tear themselves up I to want move that. up to number. You'd rather have that than Marvin Harrison at number yeah. four. Yeah, I just I love being able to control drafts. I love the ability to you know what they did last year, get some extra picks, and then move back up to get Paris Johnson. Like if you said what would I like more than anything, it would be the trade. I would prefer the trade over Marvin Harrison Jr. or the offensive lineman. If you can move that now, you know me. I don't I don't like to move down too far. I prefer a trade that moves me down three, four, five spots. I don't want to move down to 18. <laughs> you know? Because I think then I, you know, because I my philosophy is I think this you can always get the best player at a position or the second best player at a position. Once you get past 15, 16, you might be getting the third best offensive lineman. It might be the fourth or fifth best offensive lineman at that point. So I think that I would prefer the trade get some extra draft picks for this year and next year just the Cardinals are a long way away they're not one player away from winning um, so I would prefer the trade and getting the extra assets in the draft I got to admit this is one and we still have two and a half months before the draft so this is one that we have plenty of time to kind of kick around and figure out and see what we think and see what we prefer and I imagine Cardinal fans will change their minds and maybe they'll go back and forth but I got to admit the idea of preferring the quarterbacks not go one, two, three, preferring Marvin Harrison to be gone in the first three picks that the Cardinals are sitting in that spot. I would have told you three weeks ago, I have no interest in that at all. I want Marvin Harrison Jr. The closer we get to this and the more I think about the kind of deal the Cardinals could land to move out of four, I got to admit I'm intrigued. Now, something that our buddies over at Cardswire, Jess Root, brought up when writing about this today, and I didn't even think about this, it's not just the fourth pick in the draft either that this could impact. If there's a desire for quarterbacks, let's say the Cardinals are sitting at number 27 in the first round, somebody wants to come up and go get Bo Nix. Somebody wants to come up and go get the Michigan quarterback if he's still there. The Cardinals might have an opportunity to pick up extra picks moving out of 27, moving out of 34. This doesn't just have to be the fourth pick in the draft. Wow. Right? I mean, this could, and they did this last year. Remember, they did this last year with the Titans. We break this down. The, the, a third of the league a third of the league has mediocre quarterbacks, and a third of the league has quarterbacks that shouldn't be in the NFL. <laughs> Those teams are desperate. Those teams in the bottom, the ones in the middle, sometimes you don't know what to do do but the ones at the bottom you're desperate to get a quarterback you're desperate because the guy you have can't win you games you're going nowhere um and, and that's that that's not a good place to be we've been there with the cardinals we've been there many many years with the cardinals remember when kent graham was their quarterback or dave brown was their quarterback i mean we've we've had but terrible quarterbacks there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback now you know the cardinals were in a great spot at four if don't go. So I think I'm rooting for that. I think I'm rooting for, and you know me, I think New England's the wild card here. I'm, I'm rooting for New England to take somebody. Let him take Yeah, I'll root for New England to take Marvin Harrison Jr. 
And then the Cardinals sit there and somebody wants to come up and get a quarterback and they get a whole bunch of picks for it. I'd love that. Yeah, I, I think they could really score. Uh, and if they, and especially if they're not going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. anyway, especially if they don't feel like they're that one player away or that or that they would rather get the offensive lineman early and get the wide receiver later in the first round or early in the second, if they're going to do that anyway, if that's the plan, boy, it would make a lot more sense to have a quarterback sitting there so they could potentially make that trade. And yeah, there's, you know, you talk about all the quarterback the move and all these teams needing quarterbacks. There's only one, you know, maybe Russell Wilson gets moved, but Justin Fields, you figure he's going to go. There's, there's not a lot of on-hand inventory to in the league that you would feel good about to make a move. You have to think that the draft is going to be a place where a lot of that happens, you would think. All right, uh, Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel sex line at 620-620 right now. But when we come back, it got lost in the shuffle of 68. A former member of the Arizona Cardinals has maybe, possibly, allegedly told his employer he won out. He used to play for Jonathan. Should Jonathan Gannon want him back? Open phones at 602-260-9870. 602-260-9870. You want Hassan Reddick back? How much are you willing to pay to get him? We'll talk with you about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Open phones. Hello? 602-260-9870. <laughs> The report came out yesterday that Hassan Reddick has been granted permission to seek a trade by the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I got an update on this that I'll pass along in just a second, but just to remind everybody, Hassan Reddick two years ago signed a three-year, $45 million free agent contract with his hometown team. He racked up 16 sacks during the 2022 season, three and a half more sacks during the Eagles' run to the Super Bowl, so 19 and a half total sacks in the regular season and postseason combined. He had 11 more last year. But when asked Gambo if uh, he is underpaid last season, his quote was, y'all see it and y'all know what's going on, close quote. Now, the update to this story is him denying that he's asked for one. Jordan Schultz from the Schultz Report tweeted out, I just spoke to Eagles All-Pro pass rusher Hassan Reddick, who tells me that he never requested a trade. He wants to stay in Philadelphia. I would like to get an extension done here at home. He tweeted it out, never asked for a trade. However, I do understand it's a business preparing for whatever is next. He kind of leaves the door open a little bit. It's interesting in Jordan's reporting that he said, quote, I would like to get an extension done here at home. I got to imagine he still wants a new contract and he still wants more money. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to get traded if he doesn't get the thing that he wants. I think this is still very much an open book here. No question. I mean, the Eagles did grant permission to seek a trade, so that is on the table. Uh, but you're right. He wants that new contract because here's a guy that's going out there and balling and playing well. They signed him with a three-year, $45 million if it was guaranteed after he had spent time with the Cardinals and the Panthers. And over the last two years, he had 27 sacks. That ranked among the best in the league. But again, that contract, 17th among edge rushers, 17th in total value, 18th in fully guaranteed money. So by allowing him to seek a trade, the, the Eagles basically say, okay, we're open to a deal for the two-time Pro Bowl player. We're open to a deal if somebody blows us away. Um, you know, I cannot say that the Cardinals wouldn't have interest, but, you know, they're, uh, you know, it, 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 it's tough because you'd have to give up compensation and then you'd have to sign him. 
I believe the Cardinals would consider it. I do. I think they'd consider it. But, you know, it's you got to be really convicted to do something like that because it's a double whammy with the pick compensation and then the contract. I won't rule it out for the Cardinals, you know, based on, you know, the homework I do. But I do think uh, it's, it's a lot to, to do is to give up the picks and sign the player to the contract if the Eagles don't do a contract extension with them. We talked about this yesterday. We got enough of a reaction on social media. We thought this would be a good thing to do open phones on. So we're going to go out to the phone lines. Harold and Surprise is next up here on the Burns and Gamble Show. Harold, welcome to the program, man. What's up? How you doing? Uh, I, uh, I I would not go uh, think much of getting us on, rather. <clears throat> they, they need too many pieces uh, to put that much money into him. I think you wind up... Uh, Unhappy. The uh, you know I was very surprised that uh, Kansas City I thought was going to go after Hopkins for sure. I mean they were hurting for wide receivers, but uh, I guess they think of Kelsey and these other. Guys. I mean didn't need Kelsey, him, did they? They, they didn't. They didn't need him. They they, they were fun. won a Super Bowl without DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yeah. I mean they they, yeah. they they were they were just fine with what they got. Um, I I I tend to agree with with Harold about about Hassan Reddick. I'd love to have him back. It, it'd be He's he's a need for them, but what draft pick are we talking about? You talking about second round? You talking about one of their third rounds? Are you not going to do uh, it? You know, it's just it, unless you're going to tell me that you can get Hassan Reddick for a fourth rounder, which is never going to happen. I mean, that's just pie in the sky kind of stuff. Unless you're going to tell me you're going to get him for a fourth rounder, I think anything better than that. Between that and the money that you're not going to be able to spend on other players, I just I think it's too much. I think it's too expensive, Gambo. Yeah, and Kansas City, to your point, they traded Tyreek Hill for five draft picks. They used those picks on defense. They got Trent McDuffie. They got George Karloftis, Brian Cook. It worked out really well for them. They got rid of Tyreek Hill. They got a bunch of draft picks, and they improved their defense. John in Phoenix is next up here on the Burns and Gamble Show. John, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Love listening to you guys. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate that. So- What's up? So my whole thing is, I, I like Hassan Reddick, but look, I'm sorry, the Eagles do not get any of our draft capital that we've hoarded so preciously. I'm sorry, no, we don't bail out Philly because they want to get off an aging player without paying him. I just think, let's draft somebody good. Let's not worry about helping out the Eagles, and let's just let's just move on from uh, older players. You, are you a Cardinals fan, or are you a fan of like the Giants or the Commanders or the Cowboys or somebody in the East? Again, I'm just I'm just He's curious, Sean, because you sound like you got a lot of anti Philly angst there, and I want to know where it comes yeah, from. You know, I'm a I am a big Cardinals fan, but also just over this past year, the Diamondbacks versus the Phillies, the whole JG thing, there like Philly has become my new hated sports fan. <laughs> Well, we're you beating know, their ass on don't everything. Help them out. Don't do them I mean, any favors. We own Philly. See, we kind of own Philly is. right now. That's what I was saying. I could just, I mean, yeah, there was there was just way too much anger and aggression in your voice to make me think that this is just about not not giving in. If there, there had to be something there, we've had a good year against Philly. 2023 was a good year for yeah. Arizona against Philadelphia, wasn't it? Right. I, I no gleefully troll the Philly subreddits when they're losing, so that's what I do. <laughs> I love that, <laughs> Sean. Thank you for the phone call. We appreciate that. Uh, if you're on hold, we, we didn't have enough time to get to you. We apologize for that. We uh, are, are certainly mixing in calls a lot more here on Burns and Gambo, and hopefully we'll get a chance to get to you in the near future. We appreciate everybody who called in. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show for the Phoenix Suns, it is tight in the Western Conference, which is why tonight's game is a big, big, big deal. 
We'll expand on that next on the Burns and Gambo Show.